0: Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists.
1: Welcome everyone to The Marvelists presents The Marvelists Ms. Marvel. I'm Peter Melnick. Eddie Wilson is on assignment yet again in Latveria because I can't think of any other Marvel locations that he could go off to. Joining us on the other end of the technically tin cannon string, but I'm kind of doing dual recording, which it's... You know. Anyway, we are joined with Ryan Michael Toon. Ryan, it is uh, 8 42 at night on this beautiful, warm, very warm Sunday night. Good evening. Hello there. Wait a minute, we're joined with Ewan McGregor. Ewan, how are you? How is the success of Obi Wan?
2: Oh, well, you know, one just takes it one day at a time, my friends.
1: Now, what was what was it like working at that meat packing place in the uh, like? I guess the first few episodes. I only watched the first two episodes of Obi Wan, but it was good. Don't do sight of the interview, young one. We are talking about a different universe now. <laughs> this is true. So <laughs> we are talking episode number five of Ms. Marvel. And Ryan, what is the title of the episode? Oh man, something from the past. Man, I did. Oh no. We got to look back. We got to go back to the future. Oh, it's your man. kids, Marty! <laughs> Hold on. They grew up I, to be assholes?
2: I'll be honest with you, uh, that is one thing that's not really sticking with me. Uh, the titles are just, I don't know, they're not gripping
1: me. Um, yeah, and in all honesty, the the show overall for me, so far, we're going to have conflicting opinions time in this episode, and ladies again. and gentlemen. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to <laughs> oh, talk you. Oh, I of love... I love Cyndi Laupert. Oh, that's time (laughs) after time. My apologies. Which, by the way, that song is about a clock at one point, or a little watch. It breaks. Listen to the uh, behind the music thing about it, or whatever the thing is. But I digress, ladies and gentlemen. But hey, it's not a shoehorned... It's not a Marvelous episode unless there is a shoehorned-in music reference. Anyway, so this episode, yeah... We are going to be having conflicting opinions. I liked the episode. I thought it was a hoot and a half for what it was. But, Ryan, you you know, you know have your opinions about that, and that's perfectly fine. It's okay to like or dislike a television show or movie. So, there what was, have you and whatnot.
2: Yeah, uh, there was a, a famous uh, movie critic uh, who was around in the 90s who I, 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 I loved dearly, and I'm going to give it the old Jay Sherman uh, review. <laughs> it stinks um, I just Buy want, my book <laughs> I just want more from this show um, I hold the MCU And Marvel to such a high standard They are killing it These guys are titans of the industry They are at the top of their game And something is not sinking Something did not sink with a lot of Moon Knight um, And I guess we'll get into this more When we go through my individual critiques But overall just It's not it's not gripping me. It doesn't have the same magic I think it deserves, with the um, huge exception of Iman uh, this, this She is carrying the show on the poor girl's shoulders. Uh, she is so delightful. W- w- if they got anyone else to star in this, I think it would be terrible. And, and right now it's just not as good as it could be
1: because of she is just exceptional you 100 see, you 100% see her enthusiasm in this and what i love is in regards to this you know this kind of storytelling th- for me they're knocking it out of the park but and it's it's funny because we have a lot of divisive opinions about a lot of these things like in the MCU the current topic at hand that's so divisive is thor love and thunder and some people really love it some people really hate it but also some people are just like Eh, out of all the movies I could see this year, this was one of them. And that is very much the case. And by the way, as of this recording, we have not recorded our episode for Thor Love and Thunder yet. And I keep wanting to say Love and Rockets, by the way, but I digress. That episode will be dropping this week. We're actually going to be doing a special recording of it on Monday. However, it's funny because I've seen nonstop discussion and discourse and all that good stuff pertaining to Thor Love and Thunder and nary a comment or a discussion about Ms. Marvel, other than this show and other, you know, minor discussions online. There's really nothing where people are talking about it. And I feel, again, the, they did such a great job, from, you know, promoting ubiwen and yet this just got pushed to the side. And I get, I get why, because out of the two, which are you going to push more – a proven, established franchise such as Star Wars with Obi-Wan, or are you going to be doing a show that not many people are going to know in comparison? You know, she's a new character. She's got a lesser shelf, uh, you know, a uh, time on the shelf than She-Hulk. She-Hulk is going to be, I guarantee you, getting a big promotional push, right down to the fact that they're doing Garnier Furtis uh Display ads in stores nationwide, (laughs) which is it's interesting to see. And I feel like Marvel and Disney, primarily Disney, they just they they are indifferent about promoting this. Like the only time I've really seen promotion for this show was some of the merchandise months before the show dropped at a box lunch and the one billboard that, you know, me and Eddie were talking about on a previous episode where it looks like she's literally sitting on top of the billboard in Jersey city. Yeah. So yeah, that was great. Like not much discussion. <laughs> um, and it's fantastic advertising.
2: I don't know if you remember, um, uh, of course. And now I'm spacing out on the name again. There was that, uh, man of the year. I think it was with Robin Williams was a comedian, like a John Stewart who got elected president. Um, Why do I bring that up? That movie was terribly marketed. It was marketed like you are going to see the slapstickiest president you have ever seen. It's going to be Robin Williams acting like a fool in the White House. That's not what it was at all. There was voter fraud. It was a conspiracy. Shots were being fired. People were being killed. When you um, mis-advertise, misrepresent a, a product, and then the people start watching and they realize this isn't what you told me it was going to be, no matter what it is... There's a sense of disconnection. There's a sense of betrayal. There's a sense of what the hell is going on. That all being said, that's funny. That's how I feel with Ms. Marvel. This is not the show they advertised. They advertised a show about a girl that's going to geek out about wanting to be the next Captain Marvel immediately this show gets derailed into a made-up origin story about family and culture and the pakistani india great divide these are all things we can talk about awesome sure fine let us know this is what we're going to talk about uh i i said in our pre-show i would never want to complain without being constructive here's my quick fix instead of telling me we're going to watch six episodes about a girl geeking out say Uh, This is a show about a girl that must learn about her family and the historic events that shaped it all while at the same time becoming a superhero in this international series about family, culture, and finding yourself. Boom. I now know what I'm getting involved with. I now know what this show is going to be about. And I just feel people came for episode one for six episodes. And I feel like they just are not doing a good ratio of character development the strong culture they want to represent in the show and superheroes you're not getting a good mix and i think that's why it's so polarizing and you're getting people that like it and you get people that absolutely hate it because either it's not what they expected it's not what they were advertised it's not what they wanted it's not the origin from the comic books so Whoever just had the grand design of the show, I don't know, like, I'm not an insider enough to know who am I blaming, the writers, the showrunner, the producer. I don't know who's to blame or who needs to go back to story structure, but it's just not the show we were promised.
1: And it's it's funny, by the way, you used Man of the Year as the comparison. I've never heard that before, and it's a perfect comparison. The one I see all the time is when... uh, Ryan Gosling's 2011 Literally Me movie, Drive, had come out. A lot of people were talking about how when the trailer dropped, they were expecting a, quote-unquote, Fast and the Furious-style movie. And then you go in there, and it's not that whatsoever. Yes, there's cars that go vroom, vroom, vroom. However, it's more of a thriller kind of movie, very quiet, very ominous with a uh, synthwave-style soundtrack as Ryan Gosling barely utters a single word it is a sense of you know audience misdirection and I'm in a complete agreement with you about that I feel you know I was led to believe that this show would be in the style of like and you got it again you said it in the first episode it was that and then just immediately a complete 180 tonally and all that stuff I feel it actually reminds me a little bit of uh, Bojack Horseman surprisingly and you, again people out there <laughs> might wonder why I'm saying that as well but When BoJack Horseman first dropped on Netflix, and you all know that is a critically appreciated show, and it's got its massive fandom. However, when the show first dropped, it was panned. It did not get good reviews, and it was because they were only given access to the first couple of episodes. And when they did it was a completely different style show than what it would become. It was more like, ah ha ha, what a wacky situation. Neil McBeal, the Navy SEAL didn't get his muffins, ha ha ha. And then it becomes this kind of serious show. It is a complete tonal change. And I like stuff like that. However, when you only give a sample of it and then just do a complete change on what it's supposed to be, that's a problem. In the sense of you're advertising it as this.
2: Yeah. um, Yeah. You know, I'm no film school graduate and stuff, but you know, one of the things I do know they teach is clear vision. You want to make sure your vision is clear because your audience is interpreting your vision if your poetry is all over the place, your message might not be received when it's interpreted by a thousand other minds that are hearing it for the first time. You want to make sure that your analogies, your camera frames, your information is all in the screen. It's super obvious. It's easy for the people to get the message, um, without the same time, not pandering or flat out explaining. And that's where, again, they're not getting the balance right with their culture. I feel they're not handling at it as a, uh, subtly or class—I I don't know what word I want to use—but I felt Black Panther handled uh, culture so much better. When we went to, um, oh God, uh,
1: respectfully, what Respectful, you would say.
2: Uh, it, it was more that it just showed it. They just showed it and let you just deal with that. This is their culture. Why would they explain it to you? This is just their culture. When the guy had the disc in his mouth. Uh, with the, you know, he had the huge underlip. Uh, you know, I, they didn't explain why he has that in his lip. It's just there. It's just to flesh out the world. And some of the things with Ms. Marvel, I know they want to open up the grander audience's eyes to some of this culture stuff. And, you know, maybe I'm a little jaded because I actually studied in school. I actually paid attention. So all this stuff I'm seeing in the show, like, I know, I, I know this happened. I, I'm a very aware of the partition. Maybe, you know, I'm, you know this is they're aiming at a kids that don't know this. So, but at the same time, maybe this is not what they wanted in a superhero show. Maybe, you know, their parents don't want them watching this terrible moment in history where families were ripped apart. Like it's a, it's a huge bummer. And that's certainly not what I expected in the Ms. Marvel show. So again, it just lacks a coherent vision all the way through of what is the show about? Who is this versus, you know, uh, a hero is only as good as their villain is a famous phrase. Who is the villain of this show? You know, there is no antagonist. There is no one Kamala is 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 striving to um, overcome. There is no, I, you know. I guess it's going to be the Department of Damage Control is the villain, uh, but I, I mean, when you look at story structure and you look at, um, you know, uh, um, uh, how the story circle and how things are supposed to act, it's eight steps. And one of my big complaints is the MCU is it's getting shorter and shorter where the average is now six episodes. That's not long enough to tell a good story. At that point, you're not doing a limited series. You're just doing a really long movie. Um, So, you know, I feel they they need to start upping these episodes from six and get meatier. Um, You look at WandaVision. WandaVision was nine, and I feel that was perfect. I feel like WandaVision was one of the best MCU shows because of how well it was paced. How well, for the first third, we were going, what the hell? For the second uh, third of it, we were just enjoying the hell out of the things we were seeing with all the plot twists and stuff. And then that final third, they were blowing our minds with plot twists and new characters and new superpowers. I felt it was perfectly paced. After every single one of the fifth episodes I've seen lately, the number one thing that is consistent with every one of these fifth episodes of an MCU show is me and my friends say, how are they going to wrap this up in one more episode?
1: Yeah. Well, f- what I got out of the uh, aspect of this being the fifth of six, the fifth of six episodes, this is the fifth episode. It felt like the finale. Like, everything at the end, it just wrapped it up. I'm like, so, you you know, you mentioned, like, how are they going to wrap this up? They're leaving it open-ended with on um, episode five in the other series. This one, it felt like, okay, the episode's over. What are we going to do? Just, like, you know, have, like, a party with cake at the end of the next episode? I don't get it. I, but, yeah, yeah. I you think know, that has
2: to do with their lack of clear vision because, like, yeah, that's a genius point you just said. I didn't even realize that you just brought it up. They did end, it felt like they did end some plot and storylines on episode five, which means they're not all intertwined properly. Uh, it, it, when a story has intertwining plot points they all kind of uh, begin and end together that's what makes it so beautiful to see you know all these characters, all these events happening on a journey that all kind of begin and end together and now if we're just going to wrap up the clandestine plot now we're going to wrap up the Red Dagger plot now now we're just going to go home for episode 6 for some random stuff to happen we'll fight the DOC for no reason she'll have a new costume and uh, you know, I
0: don't know
1: Honestly, the costume is the only thing that I see you know, being the big thing that will come out of the next episode, because in this episode we end up seeing her, uh, I believe her earring broken, and it's in the shape of that little lightning bolt, which, by the way, with Captain Marvel, her hero, Carol Danvers, in the MCU, we do not get the uh, the black One Piece outfit. So, in turn now, what we're going to end up getting instead is a story of how she ends up seeing that earring and that's the inspiration for why she has that on her outfit which hey that's a really smart thing because you can't do it if you don't have that like oh remember when she wore that black one piece no because she didn't wear it oh shit i I have false memory it's it's the mandela effect (laughs) there's a small part of me that uh
2: feels the the heavy video game influence of that of getting the small totem of every episode almost like like each level she got a small piece and in the final act she'll get this outfit made from every piece she's gathered along the way. Feels very video game or MMOE to you use a resource from each land
1: you fought in to build your final outfit. <laughs> and it, it's funny too by the way, you know, I'll bring back up one other thing in regards to why no one's talking about the show in general, like just, you know, the major discourse online and what I was thinking about is a lot of people were not really talking about it because they had Obi-Wan or sorry, Obi-Wan and you know, (laughs) you also have over on Amazon, everyone's been talking about the boys Yeah, like that is the biggest thing, like I got a number of texts from people where they just go So to just see the finale, I'm like, dude, I'm on episode two or I'm on episode three of season one. I'm going to be a long time because in comparison, this stuff like I'm not going to really be up to date on Star Wars stuff. I'm not really going to be up to date on the boys or Stranger Things or uh, Umbrella Academy. I would love to be. But for what I do for the audience, what you guys out there listening, I love staying on top of this show. So I have to, you know, be in on the discussion by doing this. So, it just makes me laugh. I'm like, did I did I spend my time on the wrong show? Like, should I have been talking about the boys instead? I don't know. But it's like, I have also a feeling. Well, I want that, to point this that out. Number, um, I was just gonna
2: say that's number seven on my talking points. Nothing binge worthy or spoil worthy so far has happened. Uh, after yeah. episode one, I've I have now starting to feel MCU withdrawal. Like, we talked about the MCU to nauseam in episode one, and now I don't think she's mentioned Captain Marvel in two episodes uh, for a show I thought was about Captain Marvel's number one fan. So, I mean, we, we talked about Captain America, you know, like, when we saw um, Sam he was living in captain shadow the entire ep the entire show every minute of every episode you could feel the weight that sam wilson was living in steve Rogers' shadow and that's what i thought we were going to get here where she almost had like i dude would you kill and i know, i'm no brie larson fan let's just get that out of the way i'm not a brie larson fan but man wouldn't it have been so much better if there was an an invisible Brie Larson coaching her this entire show that only she can see and it's in her mind and the entire show she has to live up to this ideal of Carol Danvers almost like a Dexter's father situation and at the end of the episode she doesn't need her anymore and Carol Danvers disappears and we see Kamala stand up as Ms. Marvel that's what I thought the show was going to be about stepping out of the shadows of your heroes and being your own person and instead, for episodes and episodes, all we're dealing about is her family drama. So, not what I it's, wanted. It's
1: funny that you mention. Well, it's funny that you mention that whole idea of a you know quote unquote invisible Carol Danvers. I love that idea, and I think that would be a fun way of, you know, connecting her with her hero. And you know, when she finally disappears, like you don't need me anymore, I would love to see the end of the episode. You end up seeing her, and she ends up. You know, Carol Danvers actually shows up. And you hear her remark, "Wait, you're real."
2: Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, of course, some like and it'd oh, be fun, dude. You just wrote the finale. That's like the the end of the flash where Superman shows up. Like, she hears the voice. She thanks the voice, assuming it's the voice in her head. But then, just then, about two seconds go by, and she realizes that wasn't a voice in my head. And she turns around for the cameo of all cameos. We cut to black, and that's how you end the show. Like that would have been the- such a better experience. And I think it would have blown everyone's mind to see Brie Larson just show up in episode, the very end of episode one or the beginning of episode two as her spirit guide coach. I think it would have been great. I,
1: I don't know why, but all I can think of is the uh, Looney Tunes cartoon Wabbit Twubble where it's uh, Elmer Fudd and he sees the bear behind him and he just you know puts his hand backwards and he's messing with the bear's face. He's like, oh, this feels weird. Uh, there's a bear behind me, isn't there? Turns around, <laughs> slow turnaround. <laughs> it's Brie It's Larson but um I actually I, don't know, I, I like-
2: believe uh it was actually I might be heralding back I might be stealing a scene from the movie Sidekicks I don't want to admit that's what I'm doing but I think I'm stealing a scene from the movie Sidekicks because the whole movie he believes that Chuck Norris is coaching him and it, he's so convinced that he, Chuck Norris might as well be there coaching him because the kid believes it so much at the very end they're at a karate tournament and I believe Chuck Norris says hi to him and it takes the kid a moment to realize it's really happening so
1: i love i love the fact that sidekicks now has been brought up on this show like that is the last <laughs> reference i expected today hey man deep cuts all around
0: this show is brought to you by our patreon go to patreon.com slash the and on the three dollar tier you'll get access to episodes early and ad free The five dollar tier gets you our two bonus shows one fantastic voyage where we dissect and just talk about the 102 issues one by one although if it's a storyline more than one at a time of stan lee and jack kirby's amazing incredible spectacular invincible and fantastic run of the fantastic four the world's greatest comic magazine and two you haven't read that a show dedicated to the comic books that i haven't read yet some marvel some dc all fun and on the eight dollar tier pick a topic of your choosing not a topping of your choice or perhaps you can be a guest on the marvelists above all else we thank you for your continued support
1: and in regards to this episode so let's get into a little bit of the meat and potatoes of the episode the episode we're starting off with you know it's all taking place in the past and you know this episode had a uh with credits and all that stuff you know the foreign language credits and all that a runtime of about 37 minutes which by the way you know you exclude that this was a fast episode this was a breeze to go through and you know certain ones the pacing can be a bit of an issue for me this episode had a very fast pace and i appreciated that because it's ramping us up for the finale which by the way just an aside I do think uh, Carol Danvers, Brie Larson will be in the funa- uh, finale.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm making that prediction this week. I think that is going to be the case. I mean, that's but,
0: that,
2: it, it, it. it's such a fan service mood. It feels wrong not to do it. So,
1: And it sets it up perfectly for Captain Marvel 2, the Marvels. Right. Because if you don't have her meet her, you have her meet Monica.
2: Yeah, yeah, so,
1: that's
0: true.
2: Yeah, maybe There's Monica's helping work this... for the DODC now
1: or something like that. Maybe she meets a friend somehow. So, And, you know, on last week's episode, Eddie had made a comment about, you know, when they do the language, when they're speaking in another language, they bounce back and forth between English and... Uh, what's the language that they're speaking? Uh, I'm not sure if it's Urdu, but I know that's one of them, so... I think, I think it is. And it's like they'll, you know, bounce back and forth between the two... And in this episode, what I really appreciated was in the "quote unquote" flashback scenes in the past, it's all subtitles. Because to be completely honest, we as Americans we tend to just be like, "I don't want to read no subtitles. That's a st- oh no, I'm not going to read no subtitles. That is un-American, you know." So it's gonna be <laughs> go to Infowars fart. You know, it's gonna be like <laughs> so. I don't know, I but just that a- idea. Of-
2: I am easily distracted by them i'm not a big fan of subtitles because i am so easily distracted at them that i feel like i'm now just reading words instead of staring at this gorgeous art directly behind those words um so that's why i personally don't like them though to the contrary i would love subtitles for all this music because every freaking review every easter egg video i see is about The deeper meaning of that song and how it really complements the episode and like why the heck do you think anyone knows that like like you guys are doing such a huge culture shock where it is obviously awesome if this is your culture and you are seeing it represented in the mcu and obviously this is you know everyone's going to yell privilege privilege that i'm saying well i feel a little alienated you know but i do i don't understand the words i'd like to know what's going on Put the subtitles on the bottom so I can get the deeper meaning of the songs so I can be saying oh wow that's really cool that this song is all about passion or finding yourself or whatever they've been about because every single time they say how much better this episode is or this moment is because this episode this song is complimenting it and I have no idea that's what's going on. So I feel left out of the conversation, and I feel like i the general audience isn't going to enjoy it as much as someone that speaks these languages, and that's not that that's just bad because now you're you're just limiting the enjoyment you can have. So I I feel uh, more subtitles for the music. I don't know if it's something elective you can do. Maybe I can do it. Maybe I'm a stupid idiot and I can turn it on right now and uh, have the subtitles for these songs, but. I would love to know what's going on. And one more thing about the music I want to say, because you brought up the Marvels, so this will hopefully segue nicely. What happened to themes in these MCU shows? I miss them so much. We did all that cool music with WandaVision, um, and then we had some really strong themes where like at the end of every uh, Winter Soldier, that was a theme. That was like a military You know, Jason Bourne, Tom Clancy, war. You know, that was a '90s. The sum of all fears. Like I could feel the patriotism in that theme. When you watch Loki, that was an epic theme. It was a heartbreaking theme. I want to know Kamala's theme. Like the music is so important and so subconscious to our enjoyment of things. If you knew that theme, if it was buried deep within your soul, where every time she, her powers turned on, that theme song played in the background, it would inspire hope in you. When she shows up in the Marvels, it's going to play. It's going to make your freaking day. You're going to be on the edge of your seat going, yeah, Kamala's here. But there's no theme. When she shows up, they're just going to play something generic, something we've maybe heard in the background, but it's not going to have the same impact as the, you know, you watch that portal scene in Avengers. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, everyone is about to lose their shit because they all know what's coming. So I just... I, I feel like they're missing such a huge opportunity by creating these timeless themes for these characters that will just get us all psyched whenever we know they're coming.
1: Again, I feel I feel like it is going to eventually happen, but it will be in the form of the finale. Like, she not just... On, you know, she only... Didn't only just meet her hero. I don't know how I just did that grammatically. Um, But she also earned her theme song. I feel like that is going to be how it ends. And... I do, I am in complete agreement with you because, like, you look at characters like the Guardians of the Galaxy, they have a memorable theme song. And it's not the AM Gold music that's a part of Star Lord's awesome mixes. No, it's other things. So to see that is appreciative. And I feel like, yeah, she, she does need, she needs to, you know, earn her theme. Mm-hmm.
2: It's a really important tool. It's something I certainly didn't appreciate until I got much older when, you know, um, rewatching things time and time again i would know like i'm starting to catch it more and more i can't think of the good analogy right now um oh (laughs) wow embarrass myself a little well everyone knows i'm a voice actor so it's not that embarrassing when watching duck tales the modern version with david Tennant, woohoo it was a fantastic show one of my favorite shows of all time actually but there was this heartbreaking theme played for the boy's mother della duck And it just became synonymous with heartbreak in the show. Whenever they talked about their mother missing uh, the lost years between Della and Donald, how, uh, you know, bad things happened in the show, they would play Della's theme. And it instilled that sense of longing because you subconsciously heard that theme every time they talked about missing their mother. So within a few episodes, your brain is now just programmed that this song means sad. So, like, it's a very powerful tool, and I don't think people are taking advantage of it, especially, like I said, in these MCU shows. Every one of these should have, like, Hawkeye should have a theme. If someone hummed it to me right now, I should want to shoot a bow and arrow. I should want to repel from a building because I feel like Hawkeye. And there's no Hawkeye theme as far as I can tell. I'm sure there is, but they certainly didn't make it, you know, legendary or as popular as it should have been.
1: Captain America has his own theme, and whereas Hawkeye himself really doesn't. So I mean, again, I don't know Hawkeye's theme song. So that's that is a telling sign. Yeah. And you know, you also mentioned like certain songs on the soundtrack. Yeah, you know, like with the score. When you mentioned the Ducktales one, I'm thinking of Twin Peaks, where there's so many different you know musical cues by Angelo uh, Badalamenti, I believe, his score for Twin Peaks there are certain songs you'll hear over and over and over again and you remember them. You know, Laura Palmer's theme song is like ingrained in my memory from that show because of all the times they'd utilize it whenever she was mentioned or when she was seen on camera, when she was dead, wrapped in plastic and just all those different moments in the series, you know, that those cues retained themselves to even appear in the 2017 uh, uh, sequel series. So. Oh yeah, no, I, I I never finished it, but yeah, I
2: am I, I was very aware of the musical tone. I was like, "Wow, with the the music and certain sound effects, they transport you right back to that feeling of uh what's going on that the original show had. I don't know if it was a theremin, <laughs> but there's some weird electronic music going on in the background that just always makes you feel like creepy 80s early 90s, what's going on here?"
1: So, in yeah. the interest of fairness no one knew what was going on in twin peaks including <laughs> david lynch himself right. so you know whenever i have you on the show i have to up my game of doing impressions and voiceover work just a, <laughs> just a tad bit you so, you feel the, anyway, the anime rival right <laughs> i <laughs> my my hair just like stood all the way up and it's neon uh, or it's bright yellow right now i don't know why <laughs> i guess it's my conditioner but In regards to this episode as well, like, again, we're going into the partition scenes and seeing, you know, Kamala's great-grandmother and just her story and how she disappears. And then eventually we see that, you know, photograph that she brings over from the past. It's – like, that is powerful to me. Like, there is something about that. And also, I will always appreciate – when I can see a creative team, you know, the, uh, the prop team, they'll create something and it will look like what it's supposed to. The photograph of, you know, her grandmother and, uh, I mean, her great grandmother, her grandmother and the, uh, grandfa- great grandfather, it looks like it was shot during that time period. Mm-hmm. And again, I love stuff like that. But then on the flip side, this episode opens, you know, with a discussion of, like, you know, a uh, newsman talking about, you know, what's going on. It doesn't feel like a, night. it doesn't feel like a 1940s, 19, 19- you know, like a early to mid-40s. News, uh, man. It doesn't feel like it. It feels more like, this is the 1920s and it's going to be, we're going to be dancing on top of the Empire State Building. Yes, we're going to be dancing there. I'm turning into Stan Lee again. Jesus. <laughs> um, But y- you know what I mean. It's like, it doesn't have that feel. Like, I, I, maybe a little I bit sadly
2: of- do know what you mean as a voice actor. There is a certain slight change. I don't know how to describe it, but there is a certain I almost want to say calming effect they did because we're talking about war and they wanted to instill maybe some confidence that they did tone it down a little in the 40s um, because, you know, like, like you said, back news flash it was up here, it was all this, it was all this but when they talked about the troops, they seemed to drop it down yeah. a little, they seemed to be a little more sure of themselves they did, they did, they spoke a little more clear, so, it's funny you caught that, I didn't <laughs>
1: My my favorite movie of all time is Citizen Kane, and when you have you know the whole news on the march, Charles Foster Kane built Xanadu, it, like that's in the 1940s, like you know I think 1941 perhaps, but just that whole element of how that is, and even then it's a little bit more subdued. Even then, so I don't know. I, I just it it annoyed me just a hair, you know, like. Come on, guys, get your shit together. Yeah, I'll tell get you what an- shit together.
2: I'll tell you what annoyed me. Um we went from time travel to multiverse to a second form of time travel where it seems like in this form of time travel, she has to go back in time to complete the circle of time events that has to happen if she has the bangle. So for just again, stepping back, like There's something missing with the vision of the show that they just said, well, what's the new origin of Kamala going to be if she's not going to be an inhuman time traveling family drama. Excuse me. What you want to, you're trying to, we're trying to simplify this. We're trying to say, we're not going to do the challenge and miss because we want to avoid the complication of the inhumans. And instead you're going to do time traveling family drama mixed with the partition mixed with actual history events. Like, that's not going to simplify things. That's going to just be complicated for a whole other reason. So that was the only, that was my main problem is that I just feel like we're not talking about the origin of Ms. Marvel anymore. We're talking about the origin of her family, the bloodline, these superpowers. It just feels like we're doing too much in six episodes. Um, and I did feel the emotion. Like, you know, I did i felt bad like like it, was, it is a heartbreaking scene to see this family torn apart by these tragic events that you know i personally don't want to weigh into they're really heavy i'm not of that culture i don't really want to get uh involved with the pakistani indian war and all that stuff so it gives you a lot to think about and that's where i think it's almost a little too heavy like we don't fully deal with it, but we bring it up so much. It feels like, well, if you're going to bring it up this much, why don't we fully deal with it? Why don't we tackle it head on? Cause you're making it a huge part of the show. But then like, it's like, Oh my God, the the partition, the partition, the partition, Never mind, We're going to go back to the future and not talk about it anymore. So it, it just feels like no one knew how to handle it. And no one knew the right balance, uh, to, to make it a wider appeal show. Like, uh, the everything every element of a story of a show a production entertainment should be to service the story and i feel at some points we had eager people that wanted to show their culture and make a show and maybe put too many things on that checklist of things they wanted in the show and i don't think they were all in service of telling a great story and that's a very honest thing. I think anyone, you know, if, if if Peter, if I gave you a couple million dollars to make a TV show, I bet you would throw some fun stuff you wanted to see in there, you know. So,
1: yeah, one hundred percent. And one one thing that makes me laugh, though, is in regards to the element of, I do think maybe, I feel like in a way they're actually not making me laugh, but like they're what they're doing is. I feel like we're getting all this background stuff because I feel like next season is going to be really her learning to become herself with this. Like the next se- like it, you can tell this is a show that's going to have multiple seasons. Like it's gotta because you're not going to see her on her own in a movie, but I feel like this will have like a season 2, a season 3, you know? Oh,
2: oh my my friend, dude, I if you could have done 6 episodes in Jersey about being a superhero just a superhero make me like kamala make me care about her friends make me care about make the, me like the, new jersey make me yeah well that, i don't know if we in six episodes that's possible let alone anyway um uh, i have too many friends in new jersey to get pick keep picking on them so um but make me love the superhero kamala and the character before i have to learn everything else her family uh, all the, the drama with her f- friends. Like, I need to care about the anchor before I care about everything else involved. Like you, She's got to be the hook. And I feel like they got us distracted with too many plots, too many characters, too many uh, other things going on where we didn't really get to know Kamala first before she's over in another country where she feels alienated. Now our eyes, our window to this universe feels alienated. So... It's not good that everyone in the show feels uncomfortable, including the audience at times. So I think six episodes could have been her in Jersey getting her superpowers. The end of the season, she gets the call from Grandma saying you need to come to Karachi right away. And we know season two is going to be her in Karachi learning about her ancestors, learning where her powers came from. Uh, then we can find out, you know, what's her tie to the Kree, what's going on with all that jazz. And I think it would have been so much better paced had we done that. And that is the show they advertise. They advertise a girl from New Jersey getting superpowers. And I feel like we've spent most of the show not talking about that. So,
1: Now, one other thing with this episode, because, you know, if you want to see the episode, just watch the episode and, you know, you'll see the whole thing going on. But with this episode, I feel like we're finally getting now a focus on the like more the ancillary characters because this episode itself was her, you know, finding out about the past and then it like very much at the end we shine a light on Kamala and her family. And you know, by the way, I love that they let the mother in on the fact you're the light girl. I love that they did do that because I I get the trope of don't let anybody know close to you that you are this after a while, you're going to realize, Oh shit, that's my kid. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like that's, but like, you can't, you know, hide that
2: for me. That's where the mom turned around too fast. Not maybe even accepting her. It's a superhero story. We got to move the plot along. Um, it was the mom's emotional. Uh, she seemed way too calm for the situation. I would have rather seen the mother run over in a panic and grab Kamala. Like, are you okay? Is everything okay? Like inspecting her for bruises. Uh, Cause that's a woman that a few days ago did not want her to go to a convention with her best friend. And she was too yeah. worried about her going to a convention in her own state. Now she is fighting supervillains in another country. So I just feel the mother and the grandma should have ran over to Kamala And then, obviously, seeing she's safe, they calm down a little. The grandma goes, See, told you we were magical. And everyone has a good laugh. But the fact that the mother did not come in freaking out, I feel, was just a slight disservice to the the development of the character. She should have been way more concerned for her daughter's safety.
1: And another thing in regards to the end of the episode as well, with uh, the characters, the group, when they get... Encased in the rock and then immediately turned into a spooky, spooky skeleton. That was some of the most intense stuff for what is supposed to be a teen show. Like when I saw that, that kind of unnerved me, you know? And they did it twice. And then the second time, they literally just get a close shot of the woman's skull before she is gone completely. Right.
2: So my guess is. Uh, Dep- uh episode six we uh kamala comes home she gets her outfit that her mom makes her because we already showed in episode one the mom makes outfits so now as a peace offering and showing she finally accepts her daughter she's going to make the outfit kamala is going to go save uh bruno and uh can't remember his name uh from the dodc cameron I- cameron thank you so we'll go save new super-powered Cameron. I think she's going to save the day. She's going to get the kids out of jail. They're going to come back to her house. Cameron's going to say, hey, what happened to my mom? She's going to say, "Uh, your mom's dead. And Cameron's going to go Freako, Baron Mordo style and say, what? That's ridiculous. I can't believe you let you got my mom killed. And he'll be an anti-hero villain for season two. Um, it, it and just- you
1: establish for her a villain.
2: You got a villain, you have a villain she doesn't want to fight, and uh, I don't know a lot about uh, Ms. Marvel. She's honestly, I was going into the show blind and enjoying it because I always know so much about these shows, I have a hard time enjoying them sometimes. So, the fact that I didn't know a lot about this character, I was actually looking forward to that to just enjoy it as a fan for once. Um, and not hold it a mirror to the comic books. But I do know one thing about the comic books is that he is tied to Legion. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Um, uh, lineage. So, I don't know if the mom did not transport her soul into her son. And Cameron is now lineage. And he has her soul, the mom's soul inside him as well. Uh, obviously, she kick-started his Noor. But I don't know if that's just because she gave him some magical abilities or she's actually now living inside her son. So, uh, yeah. We might have a villain that is part Cameron,
1: part the very angry uh, mom who do not get to go home. And this episode, though, overall, it... Again, if for me, it worked. It flowed nice and fast. But And, and I like that, you know they explained so much to the audience because at the end of the day and you know, much like you said, you know, the whole issue with the partition, I have, n- I can't have an opinion truly on this. Cause it, you know, I don't know. I'm an outsider looking in on this, but they did such a great job of explaining it to, you know, someone like me who I didn't study in school. So hooray. But, um, <laughs> the idea of ex- <laughs> explaining it, you know, and you know, Simplifying it in the way they did, I like that. And it is, there's the most intense scene, also, you know, it, not as intense as the spooky, spooky skeleton, but her great grandmother getting left, you know, and screaming and crying, you know, for her uh, Ami.
2: It was heartbreaking. It was, it was, uh, when, when you see the grandma is her own guardian, like, like has her own powers and did the stars herself crying out for her father. Yeah that was that whole scene was very emotional um what you were just saying about uh not knowing the history i thought what would uh again i want to be you know uh constructive i don't want to just complain i think there's there's ways we maybe could have done this a little different i think when they when every time the episode ends it says hi would you now like to watch the guide to ms marvel and i'm like no that's some dumb little filler thing I think there should have been a supplemental show starring Iman Vellani discussing the culture behind everything I think she should have got a follow-up show each week where she discusses the outfits they're wearing the practices in the mus in the church and the mosques I'm sorry again. This is why I need the show I, I don't know if I'm using the right term keep it out of the entertainment and keep it educational as a, as a supplement thing like I do want to know more So if there was some follow-up show where we could have talked about Karachi The countries the partition uh, the songs they used, the artists they used I think that would have been great I think that would have been such a cool way to Entertain us for 40 minutes and then educate us for another 20 each week um, Again this show is Being held on her shoulders because of her charisma So I think doing a behind-the-scenes show with uh, Iman talking about the culture when i saw the behind the scenes with ryan coogler when he was talking about black panther the color of the clothes they chose in each scene the shots they use the music they use he is a genius he hid so much information right in the screen that the people watching didn't even realize they were getting the man is a genius and i just wish they did more of that with kamala where you could have shown it all we would have absorbed it subconsciously and then those that wanna know more would have watched this extra show with Iman, and it would have—I think it would have been great. You could know about the partition, and then maybe we'd have an opinion. So, I just—again, I—I I don't want to always complain. And, and I, one thing I will complain is, where's my man Mohan Kapoor? That father is awesome. I want every episode. There should be more of that father. That guy is hilarious. I don't know if you ever watched he was- uh, Kim's Convenience. But he gives me very strong Mr. Kim Appa vibes, uh, played by the brilliant actor Paul Sung Hung Lee. Uh, he gives me very strong Appa vibes, and I, I just love every scene the father's in I could watch on repeat.
1: I appreciate it. Like I feel like the father is one of my personal favorite characters on the show, especially, again, you know, going back over to, I believe, episode one, where he walks away all sad dressed as the Hulk. You know, sad Hulk.
2: <laughs> how how much well, I said you like that episode for that, uh, for the sad piano theme from the um, original Incredible Hulk series. Dun, 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 dun.
1: <laughs> oh, I said that on the first episode and I wanted that to happen so yeah. badly. I they needed about- to like that would have been like, would it have been too on the nose? Sure. But at this point, I don't care. I want I want to see it to make myself laugh. Be, it would be it would have been a hoot.
2: They could have done two or three notes, just the faintest hint of that theme. And again, music themes are very powerful. Some kids would not have noticed at all. And every parent that watched the Hulk would have laughed and cried a little. So I think it would have been a genius move to just, just hint at the Hulk theme.
1: So now before we wrap this episode up, and by the way, when we were recording off mic or before we were recording off mic, I said to uh, Ryan, This is probably going to be a uh, 45-minute episode. It's currently 48 minutes, so told you, Ryan.
2: Yep, yep. You and I could talk all day about anything Marvel, that's for sure.
1: But what I'm looking forward to is what we're going to get with the next episode, and I feel, you know, I like your prediction, to be completely honest. Like, the way you said all of that, I feel like note for note that is going to happen. And I don't I'm don't sorry like, if I ruined it I for d- anyone. <laughs> but it does. But it does feel like that is where the direction it's going to go, and I, I co-sign that. I want like I, I think that'd be perfect to have it end like that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I I think that's where we're going because, um, I am putting faith that they're gonna do. Like I I have a feeling these guys know what they're doing. Otherwise, I'm hoping Marvel would not have given them these huge jobs with these huge paychecks to play in the sandbox with our dream characters. So I hope these guys know what they're doing and they're gonna bring it all full circle. And I feel that's one of the only ways you can really do it. You need, even if it's not gonna be at the end of the, the even for the episode, there's gotta be an antagonist. So if it's going to be moving forward, it's gonna be uh, Cameron. it's gonna be uh, the other uh, Jin. uh Maybe there's more, maybe that, that veil is not sealed and that veil will crack a little and we'll see some more Jin come through. But I think uh, we can't have it just wrap up the way it is. There's got to be something else that happens. So either it carries into the Marvels. I mean, for all we know, this is the catalyst for the Marvels. Whatever happens in this show might be the reason Carol Danvers has to come back and team up with these uh, ladies. So who knows? But I think we've got to see something happen with Cameron because so far his character doesn't really have too much of a purpose. And Bruno deserves better. Bruno has been a very loyal uh, sidekick slash friend. So I don't know if that's going to be good for him, if he's going to have an awesome moment in the next episode, or he's going to have an even worse moment and maybe push Bruno to maybe some super villainy. So we'll have to see.
1: I feel like for Bruno, the, the best moment for him was in this episode where he finally got Cameron to realize his name is not uh, Brian. <laughs>
2: My my favorite mom, uh, moment for Bruno was when he mer- uh, mentioned Eric Selvig because not only does it does that you know just build out flesh out the universe it shows that this is this kid is smart because you know Eric Selvig was a genius in Thor one uh, a mad genius in Thor two and if you watch the Easter eggs you can see he's had some Netflix specials and other things since then so if this high school kid is reading you know that that's like a, your high school friend telling you oh I love that Stephen Hawking book. You know, so I, I love yeah. that deep cut to show again that's that's the great way of putting information in the frame all you have to do is name drop Eric Selvig and, and you've proven to everyone that he has to be a genius if he understands Eric's book So,
1: which surprisingly by the way we didn't get that in Moon Knight we didn't get any real connections to the overall MCU whereas there's a lot in this and it's I would have liked to have seen a little bit of a connection for Mooney but it didn't happen
2: especially with the reverse overlap where there is egyptian gods mentioned in love and thunder tiny tiny spoiler so uh, yeah yeah so considering there was some overlap the other way where the mcu kind of referenced moon knight it is really weird to see it not go the other way
1: so now before we go for this episode ryan thank you again
2: oh always a pleasure my friend
1: And, of course, how can people get a hold of you on them, their social medias?
2: I'm at Ryan Michael Toon on pretty much everything. I'm most active on Twitter, Um, starting a YouTube channel, and uh, I'm also always hanging out with my friends at KLC Press. I do not work for them. I am not associated with them. I am just one of their hugest fans, and I'm always hanging out with my friends over at klcsubstackpress.com. Again, I don't know the official name because I don't work for them. But I'm sure you can Google it and find out. We always have a good time. And, uh, yeah, it's it's been uh, a year of hanging out, and the comic book comes out soon. So jump jump on the Ryan Stegman bandwagon while you can.
1: Awesome. For The Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. I'm Ryan Michael. Excelsior. Man, my Eddie Wilson impression is getting really good.